0: who was around 49 years ago and remembers that song, 1965. In November of 1965, that was number one on the Billboard's Top 40 for three straight weeks. Almost every single word of that is straight from Ecclesiastes Chapter 3. So you could say the Holy Spirit had a Top 40 hit, I guess. (laughs) Pete Seeger wrote that. The birds recorded that, and Pete Seeger, Seeger put one little line at the end of that. After a time of war and a time of peace, and then he put in that's not a biblical thing, but he added, "I swear it's not too late to make it an anthem of kind of the anti-war, war uh, folk crowd of the mid uh, and late 60s." But that is straight from Ecclesiastes chapter three. If you have your Bible. Would you open, please? Uh, If you open it to the middle, you'll go straight to the book of Psalms. If you go a few books to the right, you'll find uh, Song of Solomon, you'll find Ecclesiastes, and we will be there, please. If you want to go close to one of these doors and get one of these Bibles, please feel free to do that. If you grab one with the black coverage on page 462, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We've been talking about Uh, that Solomon the writer of Ecclesiastes was searching for meaning was searching for purpose was searching for some significance in life and Solomon was the Bible says the wisest man to ever live he was fabulously wealthy he uh, ruled Israel as the king of Israel in a time there was no border disputes there was no war and so he had lots of time to put to think and lots of times to be able to sit around and philosophize if i could use that word about life in itself and that's what the book of ecclesiastes is about he was fabulously wealthy so when he searched for pleasure and he says in his in his book that he didn't leave, there was no desire that he did not fulfill you can let your mind wander on that and you can bet it's true because he had the resources to be able to fulfill every desire that he ever wanted. He searched for significance in achievement. He searched for significance in work. He searched for significance in wisdom and in knowledge. He searched for significance in wine and women and sex and drugs and rock and roll. He searched for significance in all kinds of amusements. And when his search was over, he said, Meaningless, meaningless all is meaningless then the most important little phrase in all the book is under the sun over 29 times that little phrase under the sun comes up and so he was he was searching for life without God what is life like without God what is life like under the sun if you take God out of the equation and try to find meaning and try to find purpose what is it like and over 29 times he says under the sun under the sun he said it was meaningless he said it was vanity he said it was Empty. He said it was futile under the sun. And the whole book of Ecclesiastes will just depress you because he says it has no meaning under the sun. C.S. Lewis uh, is a writer that if you could get your hands on most things that he's written, uh, whether fiction or non, it uh, really will make you think. C.S. Lewis says, human history is a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God that will make him happy that will make him fulfilled, that will find purpose, that will give him joy. And I think you could say that the book of Ecclesiastes is a story, a long, terrible story of a man trying to find something other than God that will help him find happiness and meaning and purpose in life under the sun. Under the sun. And so we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 those words were just sung for you may i now read them to you there's a time for everything and a reason for every activity under the heavens a time to be born and a time to die time to plant and a time to uproot time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh time to mourn and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Time. Some of you have been telling your wives about that one, right? There's a time to throw away, right? Or maybe your husbands. Yeah, I get it. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. It's easy preaching for me to be able to say, well, look, God is in control of everything. There's an appointed time for everything. And to be able to tell you this morning of how little you are in control of things and that God is in control and that God is sovereign. And some preachers go about Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through eight in that way. While God is absolutely sovereign and God is in control, we also know that as human beings, we have free will as well. And everything is not appointed. I'm sure last night some little 13-year-old girl lost her virginity in the back seat of a car somewhere. That was not appointed by God. That was not appointed by God. I wasn't a Christian until I was 34 years of age and I fell into depths of sin. Way down. That was not appointed of God. That were my lousy choices. My lousy choices. And the times of our lives can change, and the times of our life we go through this and we go through that, and a lot of those are dependent upon our choices, even though God is control. Let me me tell you how in control God is. God is sovereign and I get he would certainly be sovereign if he was a great puppeteer in the sky and only thing I was was just this puppet that he was telling me to go this way and telling me to go that way he's in control right but I've even more impressed with a God who is in control through my free will that gets done what he wants to get done even through my lousy choices you know the people of Israel. Wandered 40 years in the desert, and I believe with all my heart, God wanted them to go straight through in five days. But they made lousy choices. And this sovereign God that's in control takes their good choices, takes their bad choices, takes their sin, takes their obedience, and still gets His will done. Now that's a God that's in charge. That's a God that's in charge. And so it'd be easy preaching, and I could probably get some amens to talk from some of you about how God is in control, but yes, God is in control, but our choices are right there with it, and you know there's twin pillars of truth, of God's sovereignty, God in control, and our choices absolutely matter, and we know that our choices matter from the 42nd verse of the Bible on through, and we see it all the way through, and you cannot deny that. So if this is not really telling us about that God is controlling everything and God is pinpointing this and God is making sure of this happens at this time and God making sure that that happens at this time and this happens at that time and I marry that person at that time and that person at that time and this person gets divorces at that time after all, everything happens for a reason, right? Which is usually what we say to somehow... Throw God into our sinful choices, and we made lousy choices. So we come out and somehow try to be able to sound spiritual by saying, Well, everything happens for a reason. Well, the reason was probably my lousy choice. So, what does this mean if it's not totally talking about how God is controlling this, and how God controls that, and how God controls this, and how God controls this? I think one thing Solomon's trying to be able to tell us as he looks under the sun, underline that, bold print, italicize it, under the sun, as he looks under the sun, he's saying the whole range of life's experiences. The whole range of life's experience. You want to call it being born, you want to call it dying, you want to call it planning, you want to call it uprooting, you want to call it time to kill and time to heal. All of life's experiences, we all go through them under the sun. There's not a single one of us that will not go through all the ups and downs and the overs and the unders of everything that happens under the sun. You see, I think one of the reasons he's being able to say this is because sometimes Christians think that God is just here to protect us. God is here. God is my little rabbit's foot I pull out when I need some good luck charm. And it's a little prayer that I pray when I need out of some trouble. And God is my fortress that I stand behind when I want protected. And all the bad things of the world won't happen to me, but you don't see that anywhere in Scripture. People of God and the people who do not believe in God all go through difficult times. They all go through ups. They all go through downs. They all have mountains. They all have valleys. Jesus said, I've quoted it to you a hundred times. Jesus says, in this world, this is a promise from Jesus, friends. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But the verse doesn't end there. He says, but behold, you can live over the sun, because I have overcome the world. Amen. Why Why is it that we get so bent out of shape as Christians when, when things don't go our way? And why is it that we get so bent out of shape when we are tempted? And why is it that when we get so out of bent out of shape when our finances are bad and, and, and when we go through difficult times and when our kids fly off the handle and, and when we're out of work and, 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 and when we go through health difficulties because everybody goes through that under the sun. There's nowhere in Scripture that you're immune to any of that stuff apostle paul went through some of the most difficult times that any of us could be able to get go through and he was the man most used by god to be able to further christianity all through the world if there's anybody god should have protected and paved the way for or it should have been the apostle paul but he counts time and time again The difficulties that we we went through, and it says in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, that there was a time that he even despaired of life itself. It was so difficult. And yet we moan, and yet we groan, and yet we complain, and why doesn't God protect me from that, and why doesn't God protect me from that, and why doesn't God do that? It's because we're living under the sun. We all have to live under the sun. We live in a fallen world. We have to operate in this fallen world. We can have an over-the-sun mindset. We can have a kingdom perspective on that, but we all, you'll leave today and you'll do under-the-sun type of stuff. We all have to do under-the-sun. You have jobs that you have to be able to do. You have errands that you have to be able to run. You have things you have to do. You have to change oil in your car, all under-the-sun kind of stuff. And those kind of things happen to Christian people. And non-Christian people. Those things happen to believers. Those things happen to unbelievers. God is not your rabbit's foot to keep you, give you good luck. That makes him a genie. And if you say the right words and if you pray the prayer of Jabez right, God will do what he's supposed to do. That makes me sovereign over him. And Solomon's telling us under the sun, there's stuff happens, man. Life just happens under the sun. Life just happens under the sun. Kids get sick. People die. Babies are born with, with birth defects. ATV accidents happen. People, people have uh, heart valves that go, get all messed up. Christian, non-Christian people alike. People uh, go through job difficulties. People, people, people have um, depression issues believers or not believers there's a time for all of this and friends i just don't see anywhere in scripture that we're, we're supposed to be as believers immune to that and you can go on tv and you can find a certain type of theology that will tell you that i do not see it rooted in god's word i do not see it rooted in god's word in this world you will have trouble jesus says it's a promise as much as john three sixteen. 16 is a promise but behold jesus says i've overcome the world What's Solomon looking at this world under the sun? He's looking at it and he's telling me and he's telling you it's it's a fallen place, friends. It's a fallen place. And seasons change and things come and things go. And you go through this time and you go through that time. You go through this experience. You go through that experience. All people do. Young people, old people, black people, white people, Nazarenes, Baptists, Atheists and Buddhists. Because we all have to live in an under-the-sun type of place. But we who have Jesus with us can live with an over-the-sun type of perspective and type of mentality on that. Talks about seasons in life. We all have them. I don't know if any of you experience the same thing Sue and I do. We got the boys in the back of the van and Sue and I in the front. Have you ever had to raise your voice to talk to your spouse so you can hear over the clatter of the two kids in the back? I mean, I don't know how much much noise two kids can be able to make. But we literally have to raise our voice to be able to talk to them. And I raise my voice and I say, Sue, we're going to miss this one day. (laughs) There's a season. There's a season of parenting. Different seasons of parenting. Some of you are in the season where you need to let go. Some of you are in the season where your child is growing up and it's really hard for you to let go. But that's what you raised them for. You raised them so they can be out there on their own and make good decisions on their own. It's very hard. It's very hard. Someone said to me, it's like like holding a bird. If you hold a bird too tight, you'll squash him to death. If you hold him too loose, he'll fly away. There's different seasons we go through as parents. There's seasons that churches go through. There's seasons that you go through in, 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 your, in your job. You'll go through great fulfilling times in your job, and you'll go through times that you are unfulfilling. It, all, it happens to everybody. Christians may like their jobs. Christians may not like their jobs. Christians may get fired. Christians may not get fired. It, it, it all happens under the sun because we live in a fallen world. Change happens. Life happens. And I can mumble about that and grumble about how, why am I I having to go through that? And why do I have to deal with this temptation? I've given my tithe every single Sunday for for 10 straight years. And why do I have to do this? And why, why? Under the sun, man, stuff happens. Under the sun, seasons change. Live in a fallen world. Under the sun, it's never going to be right. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be constant. It's always going to be in flux. It's always going to be changing under the sun. Can you deal with that, Christian person? The most useless thing I can do is try to keep things the way they are. It is a chasing after the wind. The most futile thing I can do is to try to keep things the way they are. It is chasing after the wind. For things are forever changing. Time to be born and a time to die. Now we don't like that things are ever changing, and 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 so sometimes we try to make believe it doesn't happen. And we even try so hard to make believe it doesn't happen that we change the verbiage sometimes. And I've noticed the verbiage around people's death and the service that happens after the people's death has changed from a funeral to memorial service to a celebration of life. We're not comfortable with the word dead. Can I tell you something? And I I say this as graciously, but see, I live in Realville. My dad's dead. He died on January 8th, 2005. He didn't pass on. He didn't pass away. There's a time for him to be born and there's a time for him to die. And we try to avoid it many times and we, and we try so many things to avoid the difficulties of life, but they'll still come. And the only healthy way that I can deal with that is to be honest about it and hit it straight on and not try to make believe it didn't happen or change some verbiage that makes it sound different. Different. That's the way life is under the sun. It's just the way life is under the sun. Jesus was into change. Jesus knew things were always changing. Eric, do we have some scripture up here? Matthew, Jesus came and it's, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, but I tell you something different. Can you realize how much this had to freak out the religious people today? Can you believe how much this had to freak out the churchy people? Of the day? I bet they sent an email to Kansas City on this one. I mean, that just had to freak them out. Because Jesus was changing the law. Not changing the law as much as showing the, the deeper, deeper meaning of the law. He says, you've heard it said back there in, in the words that were written on stone. That you should not murder. But I tell you, even if you're angry with your brother, you'll be subject to judgment. Anyone who says to his brother, that means you fool, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. Jesus goes so much deeper to a heart issue. It's not just not killing somebody. Everybody knows you don't kill somebody. He says, man, if you've got a heart issue, if you've got something against somebody... And that had to freak the Pharisees out. That had to freak the churchy people of this world out. Because Jesus was changing things. Jesus was showing that it's much deeper than just the letter of the law. What we have over next? You've also heard it says that you don't commit adultery, Jesus said. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully. My first assignment in New Testament Greek class in Asbury Seminary was to delve into that word lustfully and see what it means. It it, it simply means a desire with an intent to fulfill that desire. It's not me going down and walking in Dayton Mall and noticing an attractive woman unless I have a desire to act on that. Well, you can't help but notice attractive women and unattractive women, too, for that matter. I mean, you just can't help noticing that. But Jesus said, It's not just about the act. Come on. It would be so easy if it was just about the act. It's a, this is a heart issue, and this is why so much grace is needed. And he says, i tell you this. You know, it used to be you just heard this, but I'll tell you this. Even if you look, look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart, and that's the main issue Jesus is after. What else we have up here? You've heard it said it's eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one also. Next, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Who? Listen to what he does. He causes the sun to rise on good people and ornery people. Because we live under the, this happens in this world. We live under the sun. So the sun don't always just follow us little Christians around. The sun rises on the pagans. The sun rises on atheists. The sun rises on somebody that raped somebody last night. They all benefit from the sun because we live just in this world. Yes, it's a fallen world, but we all benefit from this. We all go through this. Good people, bad people, believers, unbelievers, atheists, Buddhists. Sun rises on the evil and the good, and he sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Dave Beam and Daryl Siders and Merrill Thornton, all the farmers in this church, they know lots of unbelieving farmers who have good crops. Don't they? Because the same sun that shines down on their crops and the same rain that waters their crops waters theirs as well. It's life under the sun. It's life under the sun. The same drought that bothers them is the same drought that bothers us. How do you deal with the inevitable difficulties of life? How do you deal with inevitable difficulties of life under the sun? I'm like a mumble, mumble, grumble, 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 mumble, 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 mumble give my tithe, come to church, come to school, tumble, mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble, this world's going to pop, mumble, Democrats, Republicans, rumble, mumble, mumble. How do you deal with all the under the sun stuff that happens? And you'll be plagued with under the sun stuff this week. You'll be plagued with it. How do you deal with it all? No matter what season of life that you're in no matter what experience of life you're going through, life, death, plant, uproot, time to embrace, time to refrain from, no matter what life, emotion, life experience you're going through, good ones, bad ones, and especially the bad ones, I can know, I can know, I can know without a shadow of a doubt that he's a God of the mountain and he's a God of the valley as well. And just because I'm going through a difficult time doesn't mean that I'm any less a Christian or go through a difficult season or going through a difficult experience or going through a difficult emotion. I can go through it with an over-the-sun perspective and knowing that God is walking through that with me. I'm going through a season of prostate cancer. Okay? Big deal. I mean, half the guys my age have got some level of prostate cancer in their body. Okay? I can freak out about that. I can worry about that. Or I can be able to say to God, now, God, man, we're going to go through this together. And I'm going to learn things about you. I'm probably going to learn things about myself. And I don't know where this is going to end. And how this is going to turn out, I don't know if I'm going to have a prostate removed. I don't know if I'm going to have radiation. I don't know if I'm going to, have to do this or do that. I don't know God, but you and me are in this thing together. And you're going to teach me something through this, Or I could mumble, mumble and grumble, grumble, 55,,,. And lose my testimony. Lose my witness. Stuff happens, man. And we're not immune to it as Christians. And I'm sorry, I've had too many people into my office, whether it's at this church or any church I've ever pastored, that's come in and just don't understand why this is happening as if God is their just little good luck charm. Most of the bad things that have happened in my life have been my lousy choices or I didn't choose well. We went through a whole big mess with all this foster parent stuff and some of you know that and some of you don't but that, we, we messed up. Don't feel sorry for us, we messed up. It's our fault. It's our fault that Dakota and Dalton are not Atherton's now. Knowledge was with us for 26 months. The county lied to us. That's no, that's no big deal. I mean, if you're going to work with the government, they're going to lie to you, right? I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't get all bent out of shape about that. <laughs> if, 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 if I choose to be a foster parent, I mean, I'm going to have to work with the government. And that's under the sun stuff. Jason and Gina McCauley at a Riverside campus, they they, they, they're, they're sending home a, a little foster girl they've had for a year and, and they're going to shed tears and, and they're going to be hurt about that. But I mean, that's just, that's under, it's happened. That's what happens. I mean, that's just, that's what happens when you invest in foster kids. They go home. Well, I thought God would, What? You didn't, get in, you didn't start being a foster parent just so you could adopt kids, did you? I thought you got into foster parenting just so you could help kids. Under the sun, Solomon says it's meaningless. And the only thing that brings meaning, the only thing that brings fulfillment, the only thing that can bring some joy is going through all these seasons of life And I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm going through all these seasons of life, and I've got one that's going to help me. I'm going through all these seasons of life, and you know what? When I come out of this prostate cancer, I'm going to know God more than I know Him right now. When I come out of this difficult thing in my life, I'm going to know God more. I'm going to be closer to God more. I'm going to be leaning into Him harder than I've ever leaned into Him before. And in every under-the-sun thing that we go through, as meaningless as it may be in the whole scheme of things, I can have an over-the-sun perspective. I can say, "God, what are you trying to teach me in this?" Or I can mumble, 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 grumble, 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 grumble,. What's the use of being a Christian if you have to go through this and, mumble, 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 mumble grumble, 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 mumble, mumble. as if God was your rabbit's foot. For God was your fortress that's supposed to protect you from all the evils of the world. May I remind you again for the third time, in this world you will have trouble because we live under the sun in a fallen world. And people get divorced. And wives leave. And husbands leave. And kids make poor choices. And I get fired. And people lose their jobs. And people have cancer. And people have ATV accidents. And it just happens under the sun. And the only answer to that is to have an over-the-sun perspective as Solomon finishes his book in Ecclesiastes 12. This says the only answer that he can see the whole thing is to fear God and keep his commandments. To have a respect for God, to walk through all the meaningless, under-the-sun things that happen to us on a daily basis with God. With God. Now, some of the difficulty in that is that God never changes. And we're talking about seasons that change and things that come and things that go. The Bible said God never changes. God of today is the same God of yesterday and the same God of tomorrow. It should be very comforting to us that God doesn't ride any new theological wave that's coming down the pipe. And he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he's also the God of Mark and Brandon. That should bring comfort that God doesn't change. But we see God is an over the sun thing. His word that we preach is the same word that's been preached for how many years? If I preach His word and not put my own slant to it, you know, like don't pay cards and don't go to movies and that kind of stuff, that's putting my slant to it. If I just preach His word, it never changes. It never changes. And if Jesus tarries in his 2,000 years in the future, his word will still be here. But see, his word is an over-the-sun thing. God is an over-the-sun thing, and his word is an over-the-sun thing. And so that's one of the reasons that we serve communion every Sunday, because we're worn down with the, under-the-sun stuff. But every single Sunday, we come in here, we hear an over-the-sun thing preached. We observe an over-the-sun type of thing. Because if Jesus tarries for 2,000 more years, we'll still be preaching the cross of Christ. And the method and the means of salvation will not change. And so every Sunday, some of you come to the table to remember one of the few over-the-sun things that we have to deal with. When it comes right down to it, there's not very many over-the-sun things except your children, people, God, His Word, His church, not building. Who cares about the building, the church? Very few things in life are, are enduring and will be eternal. And as you come to the table, you remember one thing that is eternal, that God sent His only begotten Son, The Bible says he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And you come to remember an over-the-sun thing this morning in the midst of all of this under-the-sun seasons of life, experiences, emotions that we have to deal with. I could preach pie in the sky and, and, and everything's good. You know, that's, 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 I, I don't like that. Statement. Everybody goes, it's all good. <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. It's all good. That's about the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. It ain't all good. There's a whole lot of bad. Let's just be honest. It's all good. You've got to be mindless to think that. It's all good. Don't worry. It's all good. Well, some of it's quite ornery. And most a lot of things under the sun are ornery. But we come to remember an over-sun thing in church today and hear his word preached. Hear that during all the the under-the-sun things of my life, I can walk with God. I can walk with the eternal one. And I can come to the table this morning and be able to remember the one who died for me and died for everyone that's before me and everyone that will come after me. It's over the sun. Our servers are coming to be able to prepare the elements of communion. And as you come to the table this morning, you're mindful of stuff happens in life. You're mindful that you're not a special person. You're, you're no better than anybody else. And if somebody has cancer, why shouldn't you get cancer? And if somebody has an ATV accident, why would you be? Why would you be uh, somehow immune to that. And if someone's wife leaves them, why wouldn't? I mean, are you so good? No, it's under the sun. It's under the sun where things are falling and things aren't the way they should be. But behold, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Father, we're doing this again this morning. I hope it takes new and fresh meaning for all of us.